All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, for those just checking in, you are with the Leans Entertainment Podcast. We've got a very special guest today, Tech, the legendary hip-hop duo Smith & Wesson. Oh, there's a shot of his leg. That's good. <laughs> How's it going? How you doing? Oh, man? man. Everything is good, man. Moving accordingly. Everything is beautiful. We're here working. That's all. I love it. I don't know. Do you, do you remember meeting me at all the shows at the Middle East? Uh, you know, we've done so many over the last 15 years. I mean, I don't know if you remember, you know, you probably meet a lot of promoters, but I'm pretty much responsible for every time, every Smith & Wesson or boot camp click show that happened uh, at the Middle East. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> not yeah, I, I remember you. you. You've always been cool riding with us. Oh, thank you, man. Um. Because those are some of the greatest shows that I've thrown is actually the shows that you've been a part of and the energy that you guys have. The first time I met you actually was the first we did a boot camp click show back in like 2005. And I think you had your son with you at you, at the time. He was very young and you brought him on tour. You brought, actually brought him on the stage <laughs> right, right, <laughs> when you right. first walked out. Um, yeah, I remember, he, the, I remember the, that was, that was a, quite the experience. Yeah. He, he's a grow. He's a, He's a young adult now. He's he's nineteen now, so he he he's not clinging to my well. He's clinging to my pocket, but he's not holding <laughs> on, wanting to go everywhere with dad now. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Well, for those who don't know, um, you know, you are part of probably you know the legendary group Smith and Wesson, and arguably put out one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time, The Thank Shining. You. Thank you. Thank you. Salute. That you're welcome. Um, released in January of 1995. And, you know, I just want to, you know, we, I don't want to spend all the time talking on it, but, you know, I want to obviously, for those who don't know, go back a little bit in time and, and, and talk about what it was like back then making that album. And, uh, you know, if you could you just explain, like, where were, what was it like to make that album and what was your experience being in your know, bed and all that? And, uh, just talk about that era a little bit, if you could. I mean, well, it was definitely a learning experience. Being, I, I sometimes I say that was um, our second album that we made because we was there with our big brothers, Black Moon, um, from day one, helping them put their uh, their classic into the stage album together. So we was um, we was learning firsthand in the trenches. While our, uh, our little big brothers was working, we was able to pick up a couple of key things here and there, what to do, what not to do, how to put records together, how to put songs together, uh, how to count bars, how to arrange songs, what melodic sounds should go here, what flows to, to try to experiment with. And um, then it was like what a, a lot of people might call the golden era of hip hop. So to me, I think it was a little different because we was in it at the time, so we couldn't really get the full grasp of what they were saying as far as the golden era of hip-hop, but I just know it was a dope time to be alive and to be making music, especially to be in the presence of some genius creators that was there, like uh, Mob D, um, Biggie Smalls, uh, Wu-Tang, Nas, all these groups that was dropping. And at the time, you knew it was plenty of other groups that was dropping from the West, but on the East where we was recording that, at the time when you was, you knew exactly 
which group was who, who was who, and who was putting what music out, and you you was anxious to hear that music. Is I'm I'm not knocking no no group or no MC that's out today, but a lot of this shit you could barely tell a difference of who's who of what it is. So back then you automatically knew, oh, oh that's so and so, that's them, oh that's my niggas right there, that's the people's right there. So you you was already up and ready, anticipating the flow of it. When you when you were making the album, did you guys know like when you were about to put it out like the response it was gonna get? Did you have like a hint in making this music? Like, wow, this is we're really sitting on some fire. This is really gonna take over. Did you feel not that? at all? Not at all. Not at all. I think we 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 was like I said, we was riding the hype of the Black Moon album. We were so happy for our brothers that right. We was just happy to get into the studio and start recording our own shit. So. Uh, we didn't have the luxury of being in a big studio just yet to record. We we was recording, still recording demos in, in uh, the Beat Miners kitchen and basement of Mama Dugar, rest in peace, her house over in Bushwick. So until we got, which was the hit, a hit single of an A and a double A side, Bucktown, nothing move but the money, let's get it on. Then we, then we trans over to going into the big studio to record, pulling out the two-track, really diving in and, and getting studio time. Other than that, we we were still off the, the, the coattails and the wings of Black Moon, man, just enjoying their success and wishing the best for them, going to shows, opening up for them, doing uh, coming out of Ski Mask to the deep cover instrumentals, rocking the crowds. So it, it, it was all a learning experience. I don't think we was... We was even expect. I'm not saying we wasn't expecting it, but now nah, we had no idea that some people would be labeling a classic, and we'll still be traveling the world over three, four times, performing the joints, uh, opening doors to feed our children, putting people in positions that's been taking care of them for thirty plus years. So it's just been all a blessing. Yeah, and what do you think the biggest connection was with that album? Why do you think it worked so well? I don't know. Dude. That's, the, that's the magic question. I, yeah, yeah. I have no I idea. I, I guess because, again, it all you have to contribute it to, to the success of Into the Stage, and the sounds that right. the Beat Miners came up with and created and set up for our stable, which was the boot camp click, um, Bucktown. Because they, we was just introducing Helter Skelter and OGC, the boot camp on the album, so. They it, plus the MCs that was in it was had bars was nice so all that played right. the part that you had the gritty sound you had the MCs that was bringing the fatigue and Timberlands to the game something that was really that was hardly seen you had the uh, the patois the way we was delivering the, the the rhymes over those beats it was it was just it was gritty it was that was life. So uh, if you was out moving and living the way that we was living, boot champion, champion style, you, you resonated with it and it opened you up to something. Even if you wasn't living that life, the, the pictures we was painting was, was vivid for you to even see and hear at the same time. And I think that's, that's what made the, the correlation through it. Word, for real. And uh, so... The album drops, the shining drops. It's a classic. Everyone goes nuts. 
How soon after that do you get a cease and desist from Smith and Wesson, the gun company? How how soon was it after that? Shit, right after that, right? Uh, Damn. I don't, I don't even think we got a full year. Right? We we definitely, I don't think we had a full year of Smith & Wesson before before they came knocking at the door trying to kick our shit in and, 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 and stop what we was moving. But it ain't stopped nothing. We were swift and changeable. We was able to rock right. out with the Coco Brothers, and, and we were still putting out music, still going back and still attack. And to this day, we, we have the right to use the name of Smith & Wesson, so we're we here now. Yeah, definitely. And you got it back. And that's, that's, that's important. Um, I want to talk about the transition between Smith and Wesson and into the second, uh, into Coco Brothers, the second album. What was, where was your mindset at that point after making a classic and then going into the rude awakening, which is the second album, what was different or changed or, you know, what was, what was in that process? I mean, making a rude awakening, I think we was, we had a, a a chip on our shoulder that we was trying to tell the public we are the same group. We are Smith and Wesson. It's still tech and still. It's just a, a a bump in the road, an obstacle that we had to get over. So, and we experienced with a little different producer. So we we changed up the format, the way we learned to record and make an album. And that was the product which came was the Rude Awakening, which was to me was a dope ass album too. That was pretty much slept on. I, I guess the name changed it. It could have been both a gift and a curse. Yeah, I guess it could have been both the gift and a curse because it actually it actually brought more listeners to us under the name of Coco Bros. Like today. Even as day age, people still recognize us as Coco Brothers. So it 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 helped, and it it just I'm not gonna say it hurt us, but it stopped from what Smith and Wesson could have been came because it it hit us so quick that we we just had to keep pushing or or fall by the wayside. We wouldn't even be it, right? And you talk about switching up the production on Rude Awakening. Was that like a conscious choice or was that just like something you had to do? I mean, because you went from Beat Miners producing The Shining completely, right? Right. To them doing uh, some of the production on Rude Awakening. I think even you guys did a little production on the album too, right? Yeah, well, not me. Still, still. My still part PNC is he, he's the producer of the group. I, I'm just, I'm just the dangerous one. He, he, he's. <laughs> He's he's white liquor. I'm dark liquor. So it's like, um, ah. yeah. But that that was more of a conscious thing. Like I said, I think we was trying to to get off, a, get a nut off, and prove a point. Like, y'all ain't stopping nothing. And um, right. I think we we had grown as individuals, as young men in the business. So I think wanting to experiment and and touch that next level of being an artist, you, you're trying to experiment with different music and wanting to know what's your limit and try to tear the ceilings off or whatever was there. So I think that was more of a conscious thing we did. And um, again, I, I I think it worked for us in that day and age, at that day and time right there. Right. So then it's like you got the group and now you come together as boot camp click. 
all it all falls under duck down then comes in and now it's all under duck down and it's now it's like a pure collective what's that experience like working and putting together albums without so many deadly mcs like what's that what's that like um salute to everybody that's hey i can't i i got <laughs> moving so fast i can't even see the names i'm glancing and they go yeah so tough. quick mixed potato cpc miss a i see y'all um <laughs> Okay, what you, what the what you ask? So I was just asking. I, I was just asking about you know working with the whole entire boot camp click. Is it all family? Is it is it all? It what's that like? Um yeah hell yeah boot camp. This shit is deeper than rap, man. It's it's all family. We was we was family and friends before we either either one of us even had a record contract in front of us or a record deal. Uh, you know, the entire boot camp clique, is, with the exception of Buckshot and myself, is from Brownsville. So we, we, I started riding my motorcycle or my bike or whatever I was on at that time, little, little hoopties, or even walking from the style over to the Ville to get up with these guys. And then um, my PNC, my brother still, mom's, uh, Mama Love Barbara was her and my mom's had the same same name. She she opened up her heart and her arms and the doors to her home and we was all living under one roof under the dog hilly in, in East New York on Pennsylvania. So it was definitely all family based, family oriented. Of course y'all know um Steel and DOG are brothers and um all the rest of us was brothers and cousins and, and it it just happened to fit into the puzzle that way that it, it, it wasn't nothing that needed to be changing. So recording with them guys, they was already nice before I even started rapping, before I even came along. So all I had to do was just chisel off my shit, get my get my shit together. It, it was a perfect fit for all of us. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving forward, you know, you get the name back and you, you put out a few more albums and you've also done some solo projects. I really love this last one. Um, the, right. Not your solo, the all, the, uh, oh, the, the all Ooh, we'll get into yeah, your solo. Yeah, we'll get into yeah. your solo afterwards. Dope. I really loved where your guy's mind was at, at that, on that album mixed with ninth wonder production. Let's talk See, about it's, that. It's album. not just ninth wonder. It's the whole, Entire Soul Council contributed to that album. That's I know some say. of them be like, "Hey, Night ain't the only one that did." So yeah. you know, just to to, because that's 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 extended family. You know, we started fucking with Soul Council and Knife a a while ago. Well, for Buckshot and and um, Shard Price was the first to start recording with them. Then we did the trilogy joint, the uh, Formula Monkey Bars, and the other Smith and Wesson album that we did. So. um Again, it that 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 took me back to the first to the process of recording the shining because it was so family orientated. Ask him who is Shucky Ducky. Shucky Ducky is the head <laughs> of street team, man. That's our brother. Um, Shout out to street teams. Yeah, for those who don't know, Shucky Ducky. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's that dude. Um, it took us back to being around family and being solidly and firmly planted with having a direction or knowing which 
which way you wanted to go. Because when we when we went in to record the all, we had a a chalkboard, one of the white stencil boards. So we marked down every part. The seltzer water got me belping like a motherfucker. We wrote Logan. down every title we thought we would come up with a song. We wrote down every name of who we would want to do a feature with, and we started writing down album titles. So as um, you know, Knife is, is, is a professor in a college out there, so as he's yep. finishing that job, we're waking up. We're already in the studio from being up at 5.30, making fire, 6 in the morning, going to get some breakfast, going straight to the studio. So it's, it's wake up, breakfast, pray, go to the studio, stay in the studio all night, break day or do whatever we had to do. And um, being on the compound for what I like to call it, because it was their own their own studios, like no, no building connected to anything, just go in there, you bang out. We are... Uh, I was I was binge watching my uh, one of my favorite shows Snowfall at the time, and I was watching uh, my joint. Uh, what's the name of that shit? Scary Things. I think that was it. Scary Things. Stranger so, Things. Stranger Things. There you go. Stranger Things. Yo, Tech, can yep. I ask you a question? Shoot. So, um, <laughs> binge watching them two pitches. Those two. Uh, Netflix joint, well, Project was on TV, whatever the fuck they are. And um, it was a seven-year hiatus from our last album up until this. So being that we're still traveling and working, putting out joints in between, it was, it's was it been a minute since we came together with Smith & Wesson to rock something. So being you got the opportunity, once you got the ball in your court, you you, you got to take the shots. And um, Ninth Wonder was definitely... Uh, intricate plot. So is is, is Crisis E Jones, uh, Sister Rhapsody, Heather. They they all came together and greeted us with open arms. Ideas was flowing around. We lock in the back. They in the front door. Whatever. Each room is making different beats. You got a writing session here. We over here, and it it was just it was just an incredible feeling. I think the things we came up with was something. I think it was something new and, and, and shocking to us that we didn't really foresee coming or have in the mind that it was going to work that way. And uh, I think we put a dope-ass project together. It's one of the best projects, I think, to come out in a while. But, I really, uh, you know, a lot of it really has – and why I love it was just like – it just feels like you guys – hit a place where you were at peace with where you were at, like in the spirituality side of it, that you really embraced that I didn't really have you heard you embrace on other albums as strongly as on that one. Uh-huh. Is that fair to say? Like yeah, that's, guys, um, yeah, that's, that's hitting the nail on the head. That's hitting yeah. the nail on the head because really a lot of people ask us, yo, what kept Smith and Wesson together? I never hear him talk about y'all breaking up or no shit. And that's really what, that's really what it is. Is um, our belief in a religion, our belief in each other, and the family ties that we have together. And that that's what really keep us bonded. I mean, we'll disagree or Joyce putting music together or even just hanging out or doing if he wanna put uh fucking salmon on the grill instead of shrimp. So it it, <laughs> it all plays into you know, is 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 its proper spots of where it's supposed to go at and um Again, the shit we came up with, we got the features we hit for. I think we only 
I think we only missed like maybe two features we was going after, which was a Mary J and a Nas. So I don't think those those are like the only two we missed. Everything else is is right on point. Yeah, and also you know, so you you know you do your solo thing too. You have this new project, Priceless, right? Is that title aimed at you know the passing of is tying the passing absolutely. of Sean Price? Absolutely, absolutely. This is dedicated to our brother Sean Price as well as my family. Um. I started working on Priceless like right during and in the midst of the pandemic. I had another EP called Pandemic that I had dropped. That yep. was I was working on both of them at the same time. And it it once the pandemic, because we were supposed to be on a world tour the day they closed the world down. We was actually supposed to be out of here just coming back sometime now or some shit like that. So um, once that set me down, it made me. It made me gather my thoughts and what I'm, what am I doing with my life and where I came from and what has been done. And it just started reflecting more on, on values and things that's priceless that money can't buy, such as raising your child, raising a son or daughter, or, or being with your loved ones, the loss, the loss of our brother, Sean Price. Um, my wife lost her dad to COVID. So, um, I want to send condolences to all those out there who lost a loved one to condolences, my condolences to the pandemic and COVID. So that really set me back and had me thinking like, shit, I know we, we, we go out and do it for the money or some might do it for the fame, whatever you want to do it for. But once that all gone, once that's, that's gone, what do you have? And what are you leaving behind? What's your legacy going to be? And you start seeing the things that mean more and more to you and you start labeling that is priceless that is priceless just being able that was shit it was times motherfuckers couldn't even go to the hospital they just was dying by themselves like you couldn't even watch a child being born you, you it was so much shit that no matter how much money you had or what you was doing you, you couldn't change what Allah had put forth so I had to learn from that and see what that was leading me to. And um, Priceless just came out of fucking left field and it stuck with it. And I was like, that's that's the one we going with. Yeah, COVID really leveled the playing field, man. It really did. Good luck. Um, yeah. Um, no, th- what's it like recording in, 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 you know, my condolences to your family and uh, anyone, else, like I said, anyone who's lost a loved one or anyone during this this pandemic. And uh, what's it like, though, going from working? What's Is there a different process for you between recording with the group, Smith & Wesson, and then doing your solo? Do you, do you approach it with like a d- different aesthetic? Or is it like you're going for a different sound or different direction than you would normally do with Smith & Wesson? Is that what, what is, as far as the music goes? I mean... Content-wise, I, I don't even fucking know, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Each, each time I go into the studio, I go assassin style. I'm going to kill something. I'm going to... Whether it's me and Steel on the track, whether it's a feature... Each joint is approached different, but I'm still going to knock the head off uh, or to put my best effort forward and make it stand out. Um, right. I think me recording Priceless, it was it was a little 
it was a little easier because I had Steel's blessings, so to say, on this one. Like all the other, not all the others, even though we rock with each other, it's like once he told me, yo, I see you in the zone, you doing something. I don't know what happened. I love it. I just want to keep doing it. So from there on, it was like, oh shit, I got the green light. Now the 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 restraints are lifted. I could just do what I feel. And I think my sound, me personally, is a little different from Smith and Wesson, but it can't be that much different because it's still tech. It's still me. Right. Um, I think it was a little simpler because I didn't have to write as much. But at the same time, I had to write more because it's just me on the track. I, I can't depend on him as a crutch or I can't depend on him to take it over at the end of this verse, if we're doing back-to-back, oh, do this and do that, because now he's not there. Even though he's in the studio, he might be there. He's he's doing what he's doing, whatever he's doing. He's just there for support and everything. But if I need him to be on it, then, of course, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah, it's just, I think, like I said, just being in those situations of losing so much shit that was so close to you. My my dad having a stroke. I think I had to find an outlet that I could bury myself in and take my mind off of so much of the negativity and get away from it, just escape it for a little while. And that was being in the studio. That was making music. I had to, to dive in that. Started another, uh, another movement called Culture Pushes with my partner Flash from Jersey. Um, so is 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 I'm still in that process because it feels almost natural now. It feels so good now, and I don't I don't want to lose grasp of that energy, the way that we are moving and working. And um, yeah. So priceless is really the first to come after the first intro up to what culture pushes is bringing. So what is exactly culture pushers? What's what what is that whole what is that all about? Well culture pushers is is I was waiting for the garbage truck to go by. Culture Pushers Collective is a project that we as a group have culture pushers to try to all right, like how you was talking about earlier, recording the shining. Like we had we had people with labels used to call A and R's or artist development that help an artist find his way or find his style, find his, his fit. So that shit don't exist no more. Like you, you don't even hear about it. You, you, you go to the mall, you get a, a, a $2,000 outfit, you get some jewelry, you're a rapper, or you, you got some cars in your video, some bitches shaking their ass. You, you, you on now. So culture pushes is, is, uh, uh, some brothers and sisters that came together to protect what is ours, this thing of ours, and try to nurture it and bring it back to a whole 360 degrees form where you're not out there signing the wrong deals. We're making sure you're trying to, if that's what you want, then we're trying to help you and show you the proper way of go, to go about even getting that deal, to get the right deal. Make sure you own your masters. Make sure you have shit. Your brand is trademarked or copywritten or things of that nature. We're, we're helping you how to speak during interviews or just bring the potential that we see out of you to get 
to where you're trying to get to exceed to make the best come out of you. So that's basically what Culture Pushes is. We are, we actually have an album all together that we're dropping, I want to say, sometime this summer. We're actually in the mastering stage right now, which is volume one and two. And they got some, some shit up there. Our first artist is called um, Chills. I am Chills on Instagram. You can check them out from Brooklyn. And we, we, we got some shit up there, baby. It's going to be busting heads. Nice, nice. So, <laughs> shout out to all the people listening and making yes, comments. Chief. I wish we are I... developing artists. Yes, Chief. Yeah, Mister Flips, pre- I just got your message. Thank you, brother. I'm here for you. Just hit me when you finish. As you see, I'm doing the interview. I, I see you. <laughs> um, so you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up soon. But you know, uh, where are you at? Where's your head at now in the game? You know, 25, 26. Um, where do you see it? Uh, thank. Uh, right now, right now, right now, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to add on and have substance and have structure to where going my my family, my son have something. Once, 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 once I hang up the mic or whatever it be, Allah takes me to wherever He has destined for me to go. My family. My shit could carry on. Like that's that's where my head is at to have something to give back to not only my family, but even people that supported and and rocked with Smith and Wesson from day one. Like if you if you live the life and you 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 leave nothing to carry on and for people to use once you're gone, what what type of life did you live? Like what what is your purpose here? Like I'll our gift wasn't to be just with us. He didn't give us this gift just to keep to ourselves. Like that's 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 the gift of of being an MC, of being a producer, being a journalist, being a club promoter. You 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 tap into all these different these different entities and energies, and you bring them forth and you deliver it to other people. So they feed off of your energy, and if inside of that, outside of that, they find their worth, they find their value. So now it's like you, you, you paying it forward. So I, that's where I'm at with it right now. I'm not trying to be preachy to tell everybody, yo, go do a good deed and write it down and mark it on the calendar. I'm just telling you, like, what for me, what motivates me, and what was my hustle and motivation that keeps me going. Well, respect to Tech. Um, I really want to thank you for coming through and and sharing this time. You know, salute, and, uh, salute. And hopefully, we'll be doing shows again soon. Hopefully. Uh, oh man, hell people, yeah! We got to, we got to. I'm people I'm tired are tired of being here. I'm yeah. like moving around. People in the know? people in the comments have been saying like boot camp clicks were the best. Yeah, you know, Smith and Wesson shows were the best shows of the Middle East. So I have to agree that uh, they were up there. You guys thank, put on a hell of a show. So I said. So thank everybody for tuning in to Leeds Entertainment Podcast and Tech. We salute yes. you and uh, talk soon. Salute. Let's get it. Oh, be on the lookout for the terminology and tech album. Tech ah, technology. The term That's remind you to crazy. say that. <laughs> That's going to be term great. remind you. Shout out term. He's always on. Nah, term. I, term is there. I didn't see term, but you know, term know is my twin. But I, I could see term being like, "Yo, don't forget about the album." <laughs> <laughs>
I'll just try to plug it. Be on the lookout for that culture pushes. You see, we got the merch coming and everything. So I love it. Be be keep your ear to the streets, baby. Priceless. Take care, bro. Salute. Later.